0: And betting on these games earlier than like the day of
1: in terms of like earlier in the week or like earlier that day
0: like before the day of like say we've had some time to look at these lines mm-hmm. as opposed to waiting till tomorrow and saying, well the game's not t- till tomorrow why would I bet today is there a benefit in betting on these games say right now
1: absolutely i think if if you can kind of sense like the number could be going up whether it be the total or the side or whether it could be going down and you can kind of get a read on that you see maybe at some shops like houston's already up at eight and a half maybe at another it's still at seven and and a half you're like oh i'm gonna grab this seven and a half before that maybe jumps up i think absolutely something i tend to do which probably you shouldn't do but i kind of feel like we almost all do just out of human nature is if you see like a bunch of upsets on thursday maybe you tend to lean towards like the favorites a little bit on friday or something like that so that's that's the way i kind of look at it usually but um there are only two games so far that i've bet one today and one in tomorrow's action and then i kind of just want to see how the games play out a little bit to determine whether or not uh how much i bet either later in the day today for these thursday games or tomorrow for these friday games
0: i think that would hurt me though if i see a bunch of games going in like a chaotic direction on thursday i think it would skew my thinking but do you think it deserves to skew your thinking because it's almost like roulette like each individual spin is its own spin and those games like don't have an effect on the other ones except for maybe if you're talking about totals and you see like, no, all of these games I think are played at the same place. Like we're not seeing a game uh, or are we like, do we have any of these games on Thursday that are played in the same location as the Friday games? Cause that's the only thing I can take away is if like the rims look terrible.
1: Yeah, no. So both. So the four games today, two of them will be played at Madison square garden. Two will be in Vegas. And then tomorrow's games will be in Kansas city and Louisville. Mm-hmm so we will have four different arenas um but like you were saying you're just bringing up the totals like that was a great point the unders were absurd the first two days of the tournament so you kind of had a feeling like the overs were probably coming and we started to see some more of it on sunday so maybe like these overs do really well in uh in the sweet 16 but i know chelsea it's the trap i fall into as well i'm like oh, we haven't seen a bunch of upsets yet, so maybe do I take a stab at some of these teams on the money line that I probably wouldn't have to start with, or we see a bunch of upsets early, so now all of a sudden I'm like, oh, are these favorites going to hit? But you're right. None of these games have direct correlation to one another. Anybody can get beat. All the favorites could win. All the underdogs could win, but uh, it just it's, it's tough. It's almost like when you were in school – And you're going through a test and like you've bubbled in C for like six straight (laughs) questions. And you're like, should I maybe like bubble in A or B or something? This doesn't feel right.
0: I think that's a great strategy move for teachers. Like what if you made all of the answers C and people would just be like, okay, so they can't all be C, right? Uh, It would be like a mind uh, word I can't say on uh, radio. But to go to your point, looking at totals. In round two, this was exactly what happened. We had unders go six and two on Saturday in round two, but unders just went two and six on Sunday in round two. So, perfect proof that, you know, not everything bounces like the same way uh, if you're following those type of trends. But here is what seems to be my daily flag waving of unders. Like you said, unders have been the play so far in the NCAA tournament, hitting at a 66% clip for the entirety of the tournament. And they were especially red hot, uh, in the first round of the tournament hitting at a 75% clip, they went 24 and eight. So here is my hypothesis that I ran by jinx is that once we have another long layoff and another switch of venues, we will start to see the unders come back again. Do you think this is the case as we see like teams kind of, uh, cooling off after a stretch where they're playing multiple games in a row?
1: I definitely think so, especially in the first half. We were kind of talking about that with Mm -hmm. Kansas State and Michigan State. Like, there's a feeling out process. There's a ton of nerves. You're playing in a new building. I I think first half unders will be something, especially like the first games that tip off at that arena, I think could be a way to go. Um but yeah, I mean these unders have just been so good. What's now Chelsea what we started to see though in the round of 32 is that a bunch of these totals like we're taking some crazy dips, kind of like the Tennessee game when we were talking about with FAU like that dipped 4 points. So, I think books are kind of starting to adjust to it a little bit and uh it's it's making it it's making it kind of tougher and tougher to take some of these unders.
0: Yeah, Bill in the chat, who is our executive producer, just said no. So uh, I don't know if that was in reference to something we were talking about earlier or if it's about these totals. But here's the thing about trends and especially totals. I think that you do not blindly bet like a total or a trend. I think you have to throw it into the mix. Like if you already liked an under, you just say, okay, this is one more reason why I do like the under here. It's not something where are like, well, I think the unders are going to be hot. I'm going to play every single under. I don't think that's a smart move. So let's go down the list of games and maybe we'll find some candidates for taking some unders in the next round of these games. So let's go to the Midwest where we have five seed Miami squaring off with top seeded Houston. The Cougs laying seven and a half, total of 137 and a half. So PJ, I think I know the play that you like here. I think you're on the Cougs. So, do you want to tell us why?
1: Yeah, I like the Cougs a lot, Chelsea. I, this this handicap to me is pretty simple. Both teams are awesome offensively. The big difference is Houston ranks fourth according to Ken Palm in defense, and Miami is uh, is over a hundred, so they're they're horrendous defensively. So, I, I think Houston's offense will be able to get whatever they want against Miami's defense, and their defense is going to stifle. Miami's guards it's going to make life tough on them whereas Miami's offense is good so Houston will give them problems they'll be able to contain them but I mean their defense I don't see how they're going to be able to stop Houston's offense Marcus Sasser finally started to look like himself in that second half of the Auburn game coming off that injury which was great to see Travion Mark hit some huge shots not only was Houston down by 10 to Auburn at halftime in that second round game but shed and sasser were both in foul trouble for a significant amount of time in that second half they had to play without both of those guys and mark and jairus wallace they had some big shots so houston's got all the makeup they're my pick to win the national championship i haven't changed from that i haven't wavered from it it was great to see him get that test from auburn respond to it and uh, I, I just think this is this game might get ugly. Miami shouldn't even be here. They should have lost to Drake in the first round. Um, and then, you know, Indiana was up in the second half. The Hoosiers just couldn't get a stop on defense. That Houston, that defense is just so good, though. It's the best defense by far Miami's going to see all year. I think they're going to make life miserable for the Canes. So I like Houston quite a bit. I think they win this game by double digits.
0: we've been talking about pitting the numbers against your gut feeling and the eye test i think they both kind of align here because the eye test for me has been that miami has not looked super oppressive to me and if somebody who was on their money line against drake that was a play that was a sweat down to the final few seconds and if miami their offense if they're going to struggle against drake how do you think they're going to fare against one of the best defenses in the entire nation I think that is my biggest question because for Miami they kept in that game by hitting threes and hitting contested shots there were not like super high percentage shots so they were even lucky to hang around in that game because they weren't getting those easy looks I don't think they're going to get easy looks here so my question is do you just play Houston on the spread or do you take a look at a team total under for Miami Think you
1: could look at both. I I would rather just look at Houston on the spread again because I think this game could get ugly, Chelsea. And to the point where like maybe Houston's resting their starters for like the final four or five minutes of the game, especially Sasser and ched have injuries. Yeah, I think this could be a blowout. So I would be nervous with the team total under for Miami just because they might get some garbage points at the end. I would just lay the points with Houston and, and take them. I i really think they could beat the canes bad i really do
0: i'm kind of with you here even though there are a few points that go in miami's favor jim laranaga has been an excellent coach over his career he has gone to the elite eight last year the final four with george mason back in 2006 and also it's a team that does on paper have great guard play led by isaiah wong the acc player of the year but i'm with you i think the defense is going to be really hard for that Miami offense to get anything going. So next up, we've got the three seed Xavier squaring off against two seed Texas. We've got the Longhorns laying four and a half, total of 148 and a half. And we know Jinx is gonna be rooting squarely for his Longhorns here, but uh, do you worry about the spread here? Do you think the spread is a factor? I think I'm on the boat where I do think Texas will win, but I'm not sure about this number.
1: Yeah. I'm right with you. I think Texas wins. I'm a little worried about the number. Something I'm going to play, Chelsea, is Texas and Houston money line parlay. You put that together on BetMGM, it's like a plus 103, so you get even money. You double your money, and I think that's the way that I would bet Texas. I'm going to take Houston straight up on the spread, and then I'm going to parlay their money line with Texas money line because I do think they win, but I think it could be similar to that Penn State game where we're hovering right around that. That four-and-a-half number could come down to a free throw, a late three-pointer for a backdoor cover, something like that. I worry about Xavier's defense in this game, much like we were talking about Gonzaga against UCLA. it's, It's the similar story with Xavier excellent offensive team their defense at times though can be can be really bad just look at that Kennesaw State game I mean Kennesaw in that first half did whatever they wanted to Xavier's defense and Xavier was fortunate to win that game because Kennesaw just couldn't hit shots down the stretch but Xavier's defense is, is not very good and Texas they're top 15 on offense top 10 on defense they're a complete team what I wanted to see Chelsea I wanted to see Texas get challenged I wanted to see them trailing late in the game and how they were would respond. They did that against Penn State. They were down 58-55 with four minutes to go. They come out of the timeout, and they hit every shot. They went on a 12-2 run, took control of that game, and ended up, ended up winning it. A lot of people have Texas in their final four. Some have them winning the national title. Those are the things you have to see. How does a team respond in crunch time when they're tra- they hit those big shots – Texas did that. Once I saw that, I'm like, all right, Longhorns are, are for real. I can get behind them. So I think they're going to win the game. I don't know if they cover the number, but I would be I would be confident laying that money line and parlaying it with Houston.
0: I do like Texas here because I think their offense is more consistent. They're very good at pounding the paint and getting those easy looks. Like it was, what was it, the, the first game in the tournament? It was against Colgate, I think. Was colgate yes. or somebody yeah i think it was colgate, yep, colgate. where it's just a layup line and i know colgate like didn't have a prayer down low so maybe xavier matches up a little bit better but the x factor for me and why i don't like playing games like this is xavier's so good at hitting three point shots and that can be the equalizer when you play against a team that on paper is much better than you uh but for me i think i'm gonna go with the total here i think this total looks a bit high uh what is it 148 and a half would you think an an under, excuse me, is worth a play here?
1: I'm always a little nervous when Xavier's involved to bet an under. Um, I have no thoughts on this total. See, it's tough with Texas because, again, they're the type of team that they can play in a shootout or they can play in a slugfest. So I really don't have any thoughts, um, you know. One forty-eight and a half is a big number. So if you do betting over, you would obviously need both teams to play really well offensively. I'm just sticking with Texas on the money line, but uh, I'm interested to hear why why you like the under, why you're leaning that way. I might I might tell you on that potentially.
0: Well, just from the top, it's a high number, and we were mm-hmm. talking about this unders trend. I think this is one where maybe it's worth playing because when you do have a, a team like Xavier who lives and die. I'm not going to say they live and die by the three, but it's a good shooting team when they go against a very good defensive team uh, and a team that Texas. I don't think that they're a super fast team. you like, well, I guess they're not slow either. Uh, and I think the X factor is that they can score very easy buckets in transition. But I think bottom line for me, it's just it's a high number. So I think this is the highest total that we see in all of these games. I think maybe that's the one under you play just because of the number.